1: Well, Ronald McDaniel is stepping down at the RNC. This was kind of... I mean, I saw this last night. My my jaw really just went boom. It just fell uh, when I saw this. Yeah, Ronan McDaniel stepping down as the head of the RNC. And this is pretty amazing. I mean, in an election... Just think about how significant this is for just a second. Just a second. This is an election year. We are what, just a few days away from the Republican primary here in South Carolina. And Ronna McDaniel is stepping down. Ronna Romney McDaniel, by the way, stepping down from the RNC. Oh, my goodness. Now, we also heard that the other day Donald Trump actually had a, because he said, he said at a campaign rally a, couple, a few days ago, that there needs to be real changes in the leadership of the RNC. And then he met, from what we're hearing, with Ronald McDaniel. And now Ronald McDaniel has stepped down as head of the RNC. Now, that is, like I said, that is absolutely significant, isn't it? So, (laughs) but that's going to happen right after the South Carolina primary. That's happening. Chairman of the Republican National Committee, Ronna McDaniel, has told former President Donald Trump she is planning to step down shortly after the South Carolina primary on February 24th. According to people uh, familiar with the plans, Ms. McDaniel has faced months of pressure, a campaign from Trump-allied forces to unseat her, and growing dissatisfaction from, well, everybody. Uh, Trump is likely to promote the chairman of the North Carolina Republican Party, Michael Watley, as her replacement, according to several people familiar with the discussions. um, Trump, he can't just install someone. A new election has to take place. We'll see what happens with that. Because remember, Drew McKissick is the vice chair of the RNC. Like he's he's uh, I would imagine somewhat of an heir apparent. to Sirada McDaniel's seat there. But apparently they've got this guy, Michael Watley, from North Carolina. He's going to be doing this. So what what, what were some of the big problems? Well, I'll I'll give you some of the big problems about exactly what people have been complaining about. Let's just take a look at the spending between the RNC and the DNC, all right? Floral arrangements. The RNC has spent $70,328, The Democrats have spent $795. Consultants. The RNC has spent $1,078,279. The Democrats, $114,000. Office supplies. The RNC has spent $297,717. The Democrats, $45,000. Limousines. This is a big one. The Republicans spent $263,127. The Democrats, $7,000. Now things start to switch a little bit. Are you ready? Voter file maintenance, which should be a huge priority for these parties. The RNC has spent $39,233. The DNC has spent two hundred and thirty-five thousand. dollars $865. $865. Get out the vote text. The Republicans have spent $86,000. The DNC on the get out the vote text has spent $1.6 million. Money to states. The RNC has sent $13,800. Uh, let me see here. Hold on. I'm sorry. The RNC has sent thirteen million. Eight hundred thousand, two hundred dollars for state outlays, the DNC, 23835435 dollars. So those are those are, abs- those are completely the inversion of what they should be. The Republicans should be outspending the Democrats. Because remember, in the last midterm election, every single state where the Republicans outspent the Democrats, the Republicans won. We're talking about Georgia, Alabama, Pennsylvania, those Senate seats. But also from what I'm hearing, the RNC doesn't have a whole lot of money. They're actually looking at, uh, somebody was telling me, they were looking at taking a $10 million loan. People just aren't donating. In fact, they just had the worst donation collection, what was it, month or year? I can't believe, I can't remember which one it was, but in 20 years. People just aren't donating to the RNC. And I think one of the big reasons is the way they abandoned Trump, the way they stuck with these never-Trumper Republicans, the way they uh, abandoned Cary Lake in Nevada and um, in Arizona, the way they didn't openly—and and they say they did. They say they fought against, you know— election, uh, corruption, but we really didn't see it. They should have been putting that out on social media. They should have been calling this radio show. They should have been calling all the radio shows saying, Hey, this is what we are doing to fight these Democrats. But you know what? They didn't do it. You know what it takes for me to get some of these people on the air? I need to be a dentist because I literally have to pull teeth to get these people to come on the air and talk about, what their plans are and what they're doing. It is, I would have thought it would have been like, hey, I thought it would get 10, 20 texts a day. Hey, Charlie, can I come on? Hey, I got a little time. Hey, can I talk to you? Hey, let's talk about this. Hey, what about this? This is coming up. They don't do it. They just don't do it. You have the biggest talk radio station. One of the biggest, first of all, it's the biggest talk radio station in South Carolina, bar none. And it is the, well, certainly the most powerful and influential talk radio station in South Carolina. But you've also got WORD as being one of the most powerful and influential talk radio stations in the entire Southeast. We cover, we cover uh, into Mecklenburg County up there in, in, in Charlotte. We cover past Asheville. We go into uh, Cumming, Georgia. We go into Athens. Practically the outskirts of Atlanta. So you got Northeast Georgia, Northwest, North Carolina, and practically the entire state of South Carolina. But no, 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 no. No.
0: All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?